Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. You may want to hear the word about full people. Come on now. All right. So let's go, if you will, grab Mark chapter 6, and I'll set this, uh, I'll, I'll get us uh, uh, set up here. Mark chapter 6. I want to read a statement, and this is what I want to talk about uh, basically is, is this. Listen to this. <clears throat> it says, whatever we gain through, f- through force or our own efforts will have to be protected by force or our own efforts. Whatever we gain through honor will always be protected by favor. How many want what we gain to be protected by favor? You with me? Now, I want to read this, um, re- read this verse of Scripture this morning. I want to talk on the subject of honor, and I want to talk about gaining ground or keeping or advancing what we've been handed through honor, okay? I would say this. We had a meeting uh, some few weeks ago, and um, uh, Terry was sharing a place where they, they had went to they had went to another service somewhere, or whatever, and he, we were we were sitting down talking about different cultures and the way things are done in 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 different ministries or whatever. And he was talking about some of the things that he said that I believe that we've lost in our culture. Let me say this: what I'm going to preach on this morning from the standpoint of honor. How many knows that this is one of the words that we desperately need in our culture today and in our churches? You with me? So I want to approach this topic right here this morning. All right, so listen to this. It says Second John chapter eight, Second John verse not chapter eight, but verse eight says, Be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have worked for, but receive a full reward. Listen to this. Be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have worked for, but receive a full reward. How many knows this morning we're standing on ground someone else has labored for? Hello. This morning, we stand on ground that someone else, it's not just me, but others have preceded me, and others have preceded us in these chairs. Some are going on to be with the Lord that has labored for something that you and I are partaking of in this house this morning. How many knows that God not only wants us to receive that, but he expects us to expand what we've been given? You with me? All right, now listen to this. He says, be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have labored for, Uh, all that we've worked for, but receive a full reward. Other words, this is John pinning back, looking over almost a century of ministry, looking back, saying, be on your guard. Other words, we can't lose. We can't mishandle. Come on, somebody. What we've been given, we we cannot receive everything that God desires for us to receive in our season of walking with it, but he, he wants us to get the full reward. Listen to this. All right, so Hebrews 11 and 6 says God rewards those who are passionately seeking him. How many believe that God is a rewarder? In Genesis 15 verse 1 says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Now, God loves all of us the same in this room. His love is endless towards everyone in this room. But it doesn't take rocket science to realize that others in this room are more favored than others in this room. As Bishop Jakes used to preach, favor ain't fair. Come on, y'all. 
He loves all of us the same, but some of us are favored more than others. Where does the favor come from? Favor comes through intimacy with God. Come on, somebody. I love all three of my boys, but listen, my pleasures are contingent. Oh, Lord, it's going to be quiet in this Episcopal church. Chris, we welcome you to our little Baptist church this morning. Uh, Listen to this. (laughs) So, have you ever thought about this? And I've often thought about this, and I've heard people try to answer it. I'm going to try to answer it in the only way that I believe I can this morning. How many knows that you've been to some services, and they're just awesome, right? And you go to other services, it's like the preacher can't even hardly preach. I mean, he, I mean, it's the same preacher that you just heard last week. I mean, he was slinging it uh, three rows deep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, lightning falling from his fingertips. And then the next time, it's like he didn't even study. You ever been in services like that? You ever notice how some services, it's like waves are just crashing over us. Other services, like we pushing a rope, nothing won't happen. Have you ever been in services like that? What do, do you think it, let me ask you something. Do you think that that is because maybe the preacher didn't lay and study as much as he did the week before maybe he's not well and maybe he's not as prepared to preach as he was the Sunday before and so the Sunday he labored in the word and was very well and he was uh, very well uh, rehearsed at what he was doing maybe that's the reason why God was moving in the room or do you believe that it has really nothing to do with the preacher but it has everything to do with what is in that room called the congregation and what they bestow upon the ministry gift that is standing before them. Now see, a couple weeks ago, I teach a class here on Tuesday night. And we walked out of the class two Tuesday nights ago, which are the men from the House of Grace. And I told Larry, I said, let me tell you something. I would rather preach in this right here on Tuesday night than any given Sunday at Cornerstone. Come on, somebody. Listen, I was only doing nothing but sitting in a chair at a table. And I was able to teach for an hour and 45 minutes like the whole Bible was coming out of me. What is the difference between that Tuesday night service and what goes in here on Sunday. Let me tell you one big thing about it. When those men come in the doors, they're not coming to hear Brother John preach the gospel. They believe there's a man of God named John that's going to be in that room that has labored in the word and they're ready to hear and receive from the word of the Lord. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching the truth up in here. Come on now. So, so Bishop Jake says that the flow, the flow that happens inside the congregation, believe it or not, you actually control the spout to what you're getting from this morning. Now, the Bible says that all things are possible to them that believe. Come on, somebody. And it says if, 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 if when the praise that Jesus, the Spirit of God, help me right here, Psalms 23 says that, Psalms 22 says that, He lives in the praises of his people. And if two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you this morning, but we didn't gather in no denomination. We didn't gather under my name, and we didn't gather in Steve's name. Come on. So we all gathered what? In the name of Jesus in this room. So if God is in this room, everything that we need should be available in this room. What is the faucet that cuts that on? One word, honor. It's going to be quiet. Mark chapter 6. We welcome you. Listen to this. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. After Jesus left Capernaum and returned with his disciples to, to Nazareth, his hometown, on the Sabbath he went to teach in the synagogue. 
Everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. He said among themselves, what incredible wisdom has been given to him. Where did he receive such profound insights? And what mighty miracles flow through his hands? Isn't this Mary's son, the carpenter, the brother of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, and Simon? And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? And they took offense of him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is treated with with honor everywhere except his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house. He was unable. Look at this. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. He was unable to do any great miracles in Nazareth except to heal a few sick people by laying hands on them. And he was amazed at the depth of their unbelief. Then Jesus went out into the different villages and taught the people. Now notice this. It doesn't say that Jesus didn't want to do any miracles. Come on, y'all. Y'all with me? It didn't say that he didn't want to do any miracles. It says that he was restrained from doing any miracles. How could the Son of God, come on somebody, Jesus, a a man anointed by God, the kingdom of God walking on earth, how could he be restrained? Notice he was not restrained because there was demons there. Oh, I'll say, well, we got to pray and bind every spirit. Come on, somebody. The, The main spirit that is impeding the church in the south is a lack of honor and the spirit of religion. It ain't the demons hanging over the city. Come on, somebody. It's our limited mentality that is impeding the outbreak of revival in the south where you and I live. Golly, I'm trying not to holler. That's one reason I don't holler over there. Listen. Jesus said that he could not. It didn't say he didn't want to. He could not. He was restrained. All right, let's look at this. The Greek word for honor is time. Time. How many believe time's precious? Huh? The Greek honor, the Greek word for honor is time. The simplistic definition of honor is a valuing. Listen to this. Other definitions are appreciation, esteem, favorable regard, or respect. The opposite of honor is dishonor. It means to not show respect or value or to treat as common, ordinary, or menial. Nazareth treated Christ as common. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Remember, he's restrained. He's restrained. It didn't mean that he didn't want to. It said that he could not. He's restrained. Let's look at Luke chapter 5. Let's see what else is going on in Nazareth here. Let's look at verse 15. After this miracle, the news about Jesus spread even further. Massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from their illness. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. One day, hold on, I'm I'm missing a whole deal right here. No wonder why. I wrote this in tongues. Hold on, let's go back to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, then we'll get into chapter 5. Listen to this, right here it is. Verse 16, when he came to Nazareth where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue. 
as he always did on the Sabbath day. When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed to him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and read it where, where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, to preach to the prisoners you are set free. I've come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. After he read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the minister, and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. Then he added, these scriptures came true. Look at this. These scriptures came true today in front of you. Everyone was impressed by how well Jesus spoke in all of the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. But they were surprised at his presumption to speak as a prophet. So they said among themselves, who does he think he is? This is Joseph's son who grew up here in Nazareth. How many knows that they had the word of the prophet Isaiah that unto us a child is given? And upon him the government shall be increased upon his shoulders and there shall be no end to it. The problem is, is they, could not make the, they could not make the connection between the child is given to now the mature, come on somebody, son of the living God. This is how we do people that come up under us. You with me now? Well, that's just Stanton. We know him, man. We remember when he was causing us all kind of trouble in grade school. But there's a lot happened in his life since he was in grade school. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. We have a problem in our environment. Do you realize there's some great gifts sitting in this room? And I'm not just talking about Stanton. And I'm not just talking about me and Catherine. I'm not just talking about Steve. There's some great gifts in this room. But what I'm trying to tell you is you can set by the great gift your whole entire life in this body and never receive what is on their life until we learn how to look past. Come on, somebody. That, that's just old Bats right there. We know him. He's rough and rugged, owns a construction company. You have to look past that and see what God has placed on their life. And the only way you can receive what God has placed on someone else's life until you learn how to honor that individual. True honor is honoring somebody for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. My God, that's good. Now, Jesus is preaching in his hometown. He gets up and reads the prophet Isaiah, and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. They're ticked off. First of all, I, I, for the sake of time, we got to move on because I got, I got some. So look at this. So they ticked off. Listen to this. This is a true fact. God will often send you what you need in a package you do not like. That is so good right there. Listen to this. God will often send you what you need in a package you do not like. If you are broke praying about your finances, God is not going to send someone in your lane that is driving a car held together by Christian bumper stickers. Come on, somebody. He's most likely fit to send you somebody in a Mercedes. You can either get offended, come on, somebody, or you can honor the gift that he sends in your life and receive the anointing upon them. 
This is so good. Listen to me. Listen, God will often send what we need in a package we do not like. This is why we most often miss God when God begins to move. How many members on the road to the, on the road to Emmaus? I love this. The King James says that Jesus appeared to them in another form. The problem is we're looking for the church of God, Jesus. We're looking for the Baptist Jesus or the Methodist Jesus. But how many knows that he is not limited, come on somebody, by our understanding of who he is? The scripture says he showed up in another form. You just have to have eyes to see God when he shows up to you. Tell you a story. When I was on the whole deal the week or whatever I was crying over, I, I shared this when I just wept all week over the small town song by Jason Aldean. I know that sounds crazy to you, but God was trying to answer some things in my heart. I was sitting right back here because during the week I pull up right here on the side and I just opened, the, opened that side door and come straight into my office. While I was sitting there, and, and, and just all the things that was in my heart, and I was looking at the field, and I was sitting in my truck, and I was just crying. I was just weeping. Well, someone startled me. They knocked on my window. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I turned to see, and it was this older gentleman, gray beard, gray hair. He's got overhauls on and a white T-shirt. I'm thinking, this dude wants some money. <laughs> he rolled, I rolled the window down, talked to him. He asked me a couple questions, and he said this. He said, son, do you know this? He said, he said I've traveled all over, the, all over the United States preaching and teaching the gospel. He said, I came to this church several years ago to a meeting, and he said, I just happened to be in the area, and I just wanted to see if it was still going. And I said, yes, sir, it's still going. And this is what he told me. He said, you know, after traveling and all that, he said, I just chose just to live a simple life down in Live Oak, Florida. And then I looked, and I, because I always tell, Stanton and I cut up about this, and we was talking about the apostolic, and we was talking off of a post that Jeremiah Johnson showed, and he showed this, this dude, and, you know, with his slick shoes on, and he said, that, that, you know, talking about an apostle. I said, a true apostle being Crocs. <laughs> and I looked in my rear view mirror, this guy walking away, and he's in overhauls with a white T-shirt, and he had a brand new pair of khaki Crocs. I said, God does sit the man to remind me. Listen, listen. He might have not looked like much to anyone. Come on, somebody. You have to have the ability to recognize God on somebody. God liable to show up. Come on, somebody. Listen, he's not limited to overhauls. If you're if you accustomed to overhauls, he going to show up in a pair of gaiters like Danny's got on to offend your mind. You have to have the ability to look past the clothing, the personality, and see God resting on someone. That is the gift of discernment of spirits. The gift of discernment of spirits is not to see who's in sin. Come on, somebody. And it's not to spot the devil in the room. The gift of discernment of spirits is to be able to tell who God's riding on in a building. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you this. I had a dream one night, and in this dream, in this dream, this guy was conducting a service, and I was watching the service, and he would call on that one to pray, and he would call on this one to pray, and then he would call on that one to pray. And I, and I asked the guy in the dream, I said, how do you know who to, who to call on to pray? He said, it's very simple. I see who the Spirit of God is resting on, and that's who I choose to pray. God, give us eyes to see beyond our faults and failures in this room and see who God's riding on. You agree with this? Listen. So look at this. Remember this. 
I'm preaching this fast for the time's sake. That God's going to send us what we need in a package that often we don't like. With me? So the Greek word of honor is what time? Show appreciation, esteem, favorable regard, respect. To dishonor is to treat it as common. What's happening in Nazareth? Jesus ain't the son of God. Come on. Man, Jesus, you ain't no, you no preacher. Who you kidding here? You, you no preacher. We know you. Johnny played Little League with you. Molly was at the same school you were at. And he's talking about he's here to bind up the brokenhearted and heal the sick. When they brought that gift down to common, the anointing ceased to do what they needed it to do. When they, that's why I told Catherine she can't never treat me as common knowledge. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I'm telling you the truth. This, this is the real deal. I remember Steve looking at me. You, you know that as uh, I, I've said this a couple of times, I won't be buried where he's buried. And I know, I pray that God, God give me grace to walk that out. And I don't know what it's going to be like laying there to him until the Lord comes, call our bodies up, you know. But anyhow. I've never been in his fishing boat. I probably ate three meals with him. But one of the things he told me is this. He said, I don't want to be at your house eating with you. Because he said, I never want you to get familiar to me. All right. Let's go right here to Luke chapter 5. This is very powerful right here. You got to see this right here. Luke chapter 5. All right, let's go verse uh let's go to verse 15. After this the miracle, the miracle the, the after this miracle the news about Jesus spread even further. Uh massive crowds continued to gather to hear him speak and to be healed from their illness, but Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. One day, many Jewish religious leaders, known as the Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came in from every village of Galilee throughout Judea and even from Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. If you're reading that in the King James, it says that the Spirit of God was present to heal them. Who is God in the room ready to heal? The religious leaders and the Pharisees. Notice what I said. All things are possible when we gather together. God's not sitting up there with the calendar. Is it Chris saying, well, you know what? It's February the 9th. I believe I'm going to show out today. We ain't moved over there in sparks in a little while, so we need to try to do something. I mean, Holy Ghost, breathe on them today. Come on, y'all. Have you ever watched any clips on YouTube of A.A. Allen and different ones. Why do you think people were getting out of stretchers and things such as that? Because of the expectation. They believed something was going to happen when they walked in that room. Come on, y'all. Come on now. Why do you, why do you think, why do you think Heidi Baker is way more successful on the foreign soil than she is in America? Because of the honor on the foreign soil way supersedes anything on the American soil. 
Come on, y'all. Come on now. Hey, I'm just telling you, I don't know how many churches y'all been in, but I've been, I've been in a few. Come on, somebody. And let me tell you something. We got some awesome gifts sitting in this house. You got an awesome worship team that gathers every Sunday in this place to lead us into the presence of God. Do you all believe that in here? So we should never treat this as some common podunk place. Come on, somebody. We should always walk in the back doors of this tabernacle expecting God to move in a supernatural way. My God, I'm trying to preach up in here. Come on, somebody. Now, the Spirit of God is in that room to heal them. God showed up to get them. The religious leaders and the Pharisees, he's there to heal them. But what I'm about to show you is no one in that room received any of that anointing that was destined to be theirs. Look right here. Some men came to Jesus carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus. But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the, through the roof tiles, and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. Look at this. The Jewish religious leaders and the religious scholars whispered objections among themselves. Who does this man think he is to speak such blasphemy? Only God can forgive sins. Does he think he is God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Why do you argue in your what? Why do you argue what? In your hearts over what I do and think that it is blasphemy for me to say his sins are forgiven. Let me ask you, which is easier to prove? When I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher and walk? Jesus turned to the paraplegic man and said, to prove to you all that the Son of Man, to prove to you all that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you now, stand up. Carry your stretcher. Go home, for you're healed. In an instant, the man rose right before their eyes. He stood, picked up his stretcher, went home, giving God all the glory with every step he took. The people were seized with astonishment and dumbfounded over what they had just witnessed. And they all praised God, remarking over and over, incredible what an unbelievable miracle we have seen today. You ought to underline that. They all saw it, but they never got it. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to live it. Now, do you want to be, I'm just asking us in this room, do we want to be a group of people that see it, or do we want to be a group of people that experience it? Let me tell you what other people think. I'm amazed. I'm amazed sometimes. Let me tell you what other people think about this place. There was a couple that lives in this community that have never attended one service here at Cornerstone that received news that the baby that she was carrying had something wrong with it, so she had to go to Albany for special tests because they even got from the worst end of the spectrum was that the baby would be basically a vegetable, right? The baby would just had to be cared for 24-7, whatever. When they got that news, listen, 
they came here. No church service was going on. We met them in my office. Am I telling the truth, Cleve Edwards? You were standing in the room. We prayed. They went the following day to get the report of what the, te- the previous test already showed. And when they went and got the other report, there is nothing wrong with the child in that womb. I'm trying to tell you what is available in, that, in, this, in this atmosphere. They didn't put my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in there. They didn't pull up on this ground as some common ground. Come on, somebody. They believed they had heard of some miracles that had came from this place, and they believed that when we come up, when we pray, something not maybe was going to happen, something could happen. They believed something was going to happen. My God, my God. The man looked at me and said, if, if this baby's like this, he said, we're going to have to go back. To, we're going to have to leave this town. I knew that God brought them to this town. I said, let me tell you something. God don't never send you somewhere and didn't have to turn around and send you back because of something evil's going to happen to your child. I said, when you left, he already made provision. Come on, somebody. And I stood on that. I stood on the provision of my own life, what I've seen God do, do. And I said, let me tell you something. When you go tomorrow, this report, we're going to believe the report of God and the report of God said by his stripes we are healed and God healed them Hallelujah. I'm just telling you I'm, I'm not I'm not listen we're not taking up no offering for them and I'm just trying to tell you that this is something we've got to adjust in this house. I am amazed that I was standing in Pierce County preaching the gospel and a couple heard me preach the gospel in Pierce County that lives in Callahan, Florida that drove from Callahan, Florida on a Saturday night to rent a hotel room out here at the Hampton to be in a service where I was preaching at the next morning and we got people that lives in five miles of this church and can't wipe the sleepy out of their eye on Sunday morning. Don't tell me that we are ready for a move of God when we can't be inconvenienced five miles from the house of God. Kevin, get nervous. I'm just trying to be a father here. Listen here. If you listen to a Bethel podcast, it doesn't matter if Aunt Maybe is up there speaking. They honor the word. Let me tell you something. The word of God is the word of God, whether I'm speaking, Cleve's speaking, Steve's speaking. Come on, somebody. Or if Tim is up here speaking. Or if a three-year-old child is trying to mutter something out of the Bible, the word of God is the word of God. And it ought to be honored every time we gather up in this house. Come on, somebody. If you believe the B-I-B-L-E is sharper than any two-edged sword, if you really believe that heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one jot, not one tittle of the word shall pass away, every time the word is preached, it is to be honored. All right, you okay? It's 12 o'clock if you take your medicine. I got to travel to this one place. and We're going to get out of here, okay? I will never be restricted to that clock. Listen, the power of God was in the room, was in the room to heal them. Not one of them got it. An outsider come in. But the outsider saw what was in the room. Pharisees sitting there, look at, look at this, look at this joker. We know him. Let me tell you something. How do you, how do you dishonor? How do you honor someone? You honor them in deed, action, or thought. How do you dishonor someone in deed, action, or thought? 
Notice they didn't get up and say amongst themselves. They didn't go back there to the back and have a committee meeting and say, we don't even believe he's anointed anymore. The scripture says they dishonored him in their thoughts. How many people try to walk in healing, but they're trying to do it logically? It'll never happen. It's supernatural. That means you can't explain it. And if you could explain your God, you're not serving Yahweh, I can promise you right now, because he's unexplainable. All right, let's go. Oh, dog, I'm about to run through the wall. Listen to this. So Nazareth, Nazareth got a little bitty reward. They, they could have got a whole lot more, but because of what? They couldn't, they couldn't, I can't compute that. I don't understand. I mean, we know the kid. Now he's up here proclaiming, I, I just, partial reward. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. This is where I'm going to finish at right here. I'm going to land a plane on Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority. Look at this. For I too am a man who walks, what? Under authority. I love the way the passion. And have authority. Mm-hmm. Over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. I order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So that all you need to do is stand here and command healing over my son, and he will be instantly healed. Look at this. Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I have encountered in Israel. Look at what Jesus, listen. Jesus said, this man's got greater faith than anybody I have encountered on the journey. More than John the Baptist. I, more than his mama. Listen to me. I know, I know you've been sitting here a while. You got to stare at him and get this. Jesus looked at him and said, this joker right here is not normal. I've not met nobody like him. What was he astonished at? What was he, what astonished Jesus about this commander? First of all, you got to understand this. In a Roman legion with 6,000 soldiers, there would be one, there would be one chief that was over that legion of 6,000. Underneath him were 60, 100 groups of soldiers. Out of that 100 group, there would be a commander. This was a commander. He reported to the general, but he had 100 men up under him, and he had, he had 59 other comrades, peers that were on his level. Jesus is marveled and astonished at his ability to understand kingdom order. The 
The church is crying out for the power of God. God let us see cancer heal. Isaiah said he shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God. The council always perceives might. If there be no order, we get no power. You can cry. Listen, I would have Danny come up here about tithing. Now, listen, he would cut us all to the bone. But this is one thing he told me. Why do you, why do you put oil? Why do you put oil on the head of the robber and expect God to bless them? Come on, somebody. We can cry about it, but listen, the kingdom operates on give and you shall receive. The world operates on you receive and maybe you could give. <laughs> so Jesus is marveled at this man's understanding of authority. Now think about this. This would be like our com- this would be like Shane and his recon marines. And, and he looks at an Iraqi plumber living in the slums of Iraq. And he looks at him and says, I'm not worthy to the plumber to come under my roof. You got to understand, this is the conquered talking to the, this is the conqueror speaking to the conquered. Because Rome had already conquered Israel. Jesus was already up under his authority. He didn't have to tell him to do nothing because he was conquered. Holy man, I'm telling you, my God, what I'm trying to get you to see. I know that I'm eating this far better than what you are in this room. Listen, what you got understood, Stan, is he looked beyond the Jewish carpenter and he saw the authority of heaven resting on his life. And he said, I understand when I see a man up under authority. I understand when I look at somebody up under authority and I know that he's got authority. Come on, I say that that one go and he goes. Why? Because I'm submitted under the commander and I'm submitted to my peers around me. Listen, and I take care of those. When I say something, it happens. That's why you don't have to come all the way to my house out here in the boondocks. If you open your mouth because your man submitted to authority, I recognize you have authority. And if you only speak the word, boom, that thing will happen. Now, we can say what we want to. We can tear the structures down. We can get mad and say, you know what? We have leaders that run astray. Listen, I can't help about leaders running astray. And by the grace of, only by the grace of God, I don't go astray today. Come on, somebody. But we can never do away with the fact, come on, somebody, that God has a, 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 a ruling sphere of delegated authority on the earth. Well, it's not about a man. It will be about a man till the Lord comes back and gets us. Well, it's not about a man. Well, you get Bill Johnson to pray for the sick, then you stand up and pray for the sick. Tell me it's not about a man. Listen, people have more grace and favor on their life than the other. And honor is to be able to recognize when a greater favor shows up in your lane. When a greater favor shows up in your lane, that's not your time to speak. Come on, somebody. That's your time to sit down and listen. Come on, y'all. Listen, I'm just, I, I don't know why I'm using him, but I just, I just, and I hope you don't mind this, Danny, but I'm going to just say something. I remember a guy coming into your office trying to tell you how to operate, and then he had to borrow gas money from you to operate. That's not the time for you to tell him how to operate. Come on, somebody. Hello, when you go in his office, you should have known that at that point you didn't need to be the one speaking, but the one listening. And here's the ultimate deal. You're never going to get it until you learn how to honor I got to, 
My God, I could go for 10 hours on this. I'm just so full of this. Many want to walk in authority without walking under authority. Listen to this. You will never walk in what you are not willing to walk under. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm telling you right now. And I'm telling you, I know that the Lord is speaking this to us. You will never walk in what you are not willing to walk under. I don't, I'm not into this stuff where, where we got to, well, you know, you, you submitted to Steve and it's some little controlling mechanism. I'm not into that kind of stuff. I don't believe God wants anybody to lord over. I'm talking about a heart posture. Come on, somebody. Many people say they're sitting underneath, but you're standing up on the inside. There's a reason why you can't get no further than where you've been the last decade. It ain't got nothing to do with God or the devil. It's got everything to do with your own heart. How many, love, how many times have we seen this? How many times have we seen this? Let me tell you what I've noticed by People that show up that's fully grown scare me. Orphans always show up at the house of God fully grown. You can't tell them nothing. But the teachable can learn from a child. Kevin Wallace preached another day, and he got this. This is what he did. He had a plan in his hand, and he had, it was in a nursery pot. And he said, what is this? Holding this nursery pot up. And he said, this plant has all the potential to be a full-grown tree, but is restricted growth coming from the nursery plot. The only way, listen to me, that you, he said that this tree can break the restriction and experience growth is to break off the pot and to plant it in the ground. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. You show me a hopper and I'll show you a vagabond that will be that all the days of his life. All right, I got to finish right here. So his understanding of authority. He doesn't see Jesus as the carpenter. He doesn't see Jesus as Joseph's boy. He recognized the son of God on the earth. You got authority. I see it on your life. Open your mouth and speak it. Now let's go right here to Psalms 133. You'll never walk into what you are not willing to walk under. Psalms 133, I'm closing right here. Read me says, how blessed, how blessed it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. It, as is, the, it is as the oil that flowed down upon Aaron to his beard and then to his garments. This is how the anointing or the presence or the oil for maturity comes in the house of God. Y'all right? Where does it, it all starts with the Father. Then it moves where? To Jesus. Then it moves with the delegated authority. I, I got, we'll go back and teach on this later. But he said what? If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. Well, the reason why he wrote that is because the disciples didn't have the New Testament. So the only language they could understand was an Old Testament prophet. If he would have wrote it in today's language with the New Testament, he said that a pastor. Receive a pastor, receive an apostle, receive a teacher, receive a righteous man. He dealt with every category that you and I would come into in that verse. 
receive the little ones. Receive a righteous man. He dealt with those above us, those are on our level, and those that are beneath us. Honor. Esteem value. You with me? So think about this. Aaron was the one that was anointed. His sons did not have the anointing. He had it. How were they going to partake of the anointing that was upon Aaron? Through interaction with the head. Then the oil flowed to the beard. The beard speaks of elders and the mature ones in the body. Oh my pastor, I feel like I'm telling you. I don't know if you feel what I feel. But it flows in the beard, the, the mature ones. And the, the, the maturation that is happening in the elders is their connection and their interaction with the head. So let me tell you what stunts your growth. Offenses try to break your connection with the head. If my God, my God, if I can get you offended, let me tell you, those that do not know me, but those that know me personally, I am an equal opportunity offender. I, my personality offends. Catherine will tell you that. I know that. But you have to be grown enough. Come on, somebody. To say, come hell or high water, I'm not losing connection. I'm not losing connection. Come on, somebody. Because I know the oil that I need to walk in the maturity is flowing in that house. Come on, somebody. And it's going to the beard. And if it gets in the beard, it's getting in the rest of the garments. This oil should be on the elders. And what's coming off the elders should be flowing throughout this body. Oh, my God. So what happens is somebody does something that we had an expectation. If Listen to me. God will never hook you with somebody that will fulfill all your expectations. That's impossible. So things are going to happen. There's ministry gifts that frequent this house that could grow to a greater level, but they are as grown as they will ever get because they are disconnected. And I will never recognize a ministry gift in this house that is disconnected. Hello. I don't care if you got angel wings coming on your car. And when you open your mouth, the trees split. Veron Ash, one of the greatest intellectual minds and the greatest scholars, went to be with the Lord in 2014, says this. They asked him about the prophetic ministry, and he said this. They asked him, said, how do you recognize a false prophet? He said the same thing the way you recognize anything else false. Isolation. What happens is an offense, when we walk in offense to break connection, come on somebody, listen to me. When you walk in offense, it's because you choose to do that. Because other people has gone through far greater worse and made it. Come on somebody. So it's a choice that I make to do offense. What is an offense? Perverted protection. What does perverted protection do? Perverted protection causes you to distance yourself. What happens when you distance yourself? Isolation comes. What happens when isolation comes? Lawlessness comes. Come on, somebody. And what happens when lawlessness comes? We are prevented from entering the glory of God. My God, this is good teaching right here. So what happens is I begin to nurse that thing. He shake my hand. He noticed everybody but me. I 
God. Closing. Last one. I go down to one of our deals. CFM. Forgot to get my forgot to get my ticket for the luncheon, Chris. Believe us or not. I was at the right hand. But because I forgot to get my ticket for the luncheon, I was told you can't even eat dinner. I mean, you talking about me. I mean, I, I frequently preach in this church. I do believe I'm the one that travels, and I'm the one that helps governs and gives oversight, but I can't even get dinner. Now, you can take that, and you can let that roll off like a duck's back, or you can nurse that thing, and you can start justifying your offense. When offense comes in, what happens is connection is broke. When connection is broke, there's no oil flowing. Would we establish that? Would y'all believe that in this room? Cleveland, tell you how many people come in their 20s want to be a head baseball coach? I want to be this or that. You can never walk in what you're not willing to walk under. It's called just paying dues. I don't know what it's called. You know what I'm saying? Let me just say this too. And we think the mundane things that we do, that God, you know, if I'm not up there holding the mic, then God can't notice what I got. How many believes that Kenneth Copeland's had a blessed ministry? Raise your hand. Every time he would begin to study the word, whatever, God would always tell him, you study avionics. Did you study the word? You study avionics. Kenneth had a passion to fly. He studied avionics. He passed one test, God be on him. You better get the next one. 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 But God, why am I studying avionics when my call that I feel is in my loins? I'm going to have a worldwide ministry. God, this is prophesied over me. And I'm in here studying avionics, learning how to fly a plane. Kenneth decided he's going to go to ORU, Oral Roberts University. Earl began to fly private. And he went to hire a pilot. And God spoke to him and he said, don't, don't hire no pilot. I'm sending you one, a student. And all you got to do is stand up in that auditorium and find out who's the one studying avionics. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Kenneth slipped that hand up. He said, I can fly anything on the planet. What did God do? He put him right in connection with the beard. So, buddy, as they was flying that plane, he got the back story to every story. When the others just got to see the meeting, he was in the cockpit with the man when it was flowing down from the beard into his life. And look at... I'm trying to tell you... What does God want to do? He wants you connected with a, with a brother and dwell together in unity. You're connected. Listen, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a connection. Everybody in this room is not connected to me, but they are connected to me. And if you're not connected to me, then guess what? This is not your church. Y'all, we're quiet up in here. Huh? So what happens is, is God wants, I just feel like God wants something, not no, I, most people have their pulpit on the stage. I was told to have mine on the stage. 
Because if you ever take your pulpit off the stage, that means you're down here with the people. But those that know me know this, that I love my, I love my pulpit right here because I'm showing that I do life with it. There's no disconnection. But I'm just telling you this, if my gift just becomes common that I'm some brother that walks in this room, we will never get what others taste off of my life. In the morning, I will be standing before a corporation. Not in a pulpit. But leaving God to release some things to come to us. And why would they even ask me to come? Because of what they believe is on my life. Y'all, come on. I'm talking about not just me. I'm talking about anybody in this room. Something on their life. All right. I, I, I... I don't feel like we had a landing place, but man, for the sake of time, we we got to right here. Stand up right here and let's pray. What I'm talking about is not just in this room. I'm going to talk about how we honor the waitress that comes to the table. You with me? Huh? We said, well, they got poor service. I ain't leaving them 20%. You mean to tell me because their poor service reduced you down to their level? Hello. Come right here and play. I want to finish the story. You know, because of being being connected to this house for some time, and I, I know a lot of stories. And I remember this story that Pastor Dale used to always say. This is about 24 years ago. 24, 25 years ago, he was in Nichols, Georgia, preaching. Chris will remember this story, Junior, others, Steve. But he was preaching in Nichols, and it was the end of the service. There was a man sitting on the very back row with his wife. He felt led that he would pray, should pray for this man. And if you remember how Pastor Dale operated, God wouldn't give him the word until the person really walked down in front of him and then God would cut his fear on him, right? The guy comes down in front of him. God cuts the light on. He sees a pair of silver scissors, cuts a pot of grapes, and the grapes hit the floor and scatter. And he prophesies this word over in this man about pruning. And God says, just as surely as the grapes have scattered, the grapes will gather. I'm pruning back so that there'll be bigger grapes, more grapes, and better grapes. This guy breaks like a dam, whatever, at the end of the service. He said, you don't understand. He said, I pastor a church in Douglas, Georgia. Waldrop Avenue was the church. The pastor's name was Bobby Moore. He said, I need you to stop by my house tonight. You got to stop tonight. Well, Dale was coming from Nichols, and he was coming back to Adel. So he had to go through Douglas, and he pulls in there and stops him. And he said, man, people are leaving the church left and right. He said, we don't know if we're to leave or whatever, but because of the word of the Lord tonight, we're going to stay in this city and believe God that God's going to do a miracle. He said, I need you to schedule me. He said, I want you to come for revival as fast as you can, just as sure as you can get on the books. He looked and anyhow set a date at that, that point. Whole time going up to this revival. Dale goes to this revival. The power of God till, till this day. If he's watching me, he can call and correct. Whoever's connected to him watching. 
But he said that was the greatest revival he'd ever been in. If God had ever used him. And if you, if those remember that story, Jill was giving birth to Austin. So he thought it was because of the, because he was making such a sacrifice that God was showing up like that. God was just showing up. It was only years later till he would understand what happened in that meeting. What happened before he ever got there was Bobby Moore standing before his people and said, I'm telling you right now, the prophet of God is going to be in this services. You don't want to miss it. If I've ever seen a man of God, it's this man right here. He prophesied and told me everything that I need. The growth that you see happening in this house is the result of the word that came out of his mouth. A man of God is coming in this house. He didn't know he walked in just like any other service. And God cut the prophetic on like he was a five-fold prophet. Prophesying over everybody in the room. What happened? You receive the man. Let me say that. Let me translate it. If you honor the man according to the gift, you can receive the reward. But if it's ever common, it'll go right over you. I cringe when I watch Stanton talk last Sunday when he got up here and he said, my apostle. I cringe at that. But let me tell you something. I probably may not be that to nobody else, but I am that to him. And everything I am and everything I walk in, he's going to walk in it at a greater level because my ceiling will be the floor he launches from, friend. Come on, somebody. Chris don't load his family up and drive from Leesburg over here to hear some good preacher. I'm far more than that to him, and he's far more than that to me. Father, help us. Help us. One of the things, let me say this. If you're offended, you can never receive. Listen, to the, to, to the degree that the heart because honor originates in the heart. Flattery originates in the soul and it's motivated by a selfish ambition. Honor originates in the heart. And to the degree that the heart is whole and healed is to the degree that it can show honor. Could it be the very thing that we need in our life, the breakthrough we're contending for, we lack because we lack honor. Could it be the healing that I want to walk in? The reason why I can't come to my life is because of lack of honor. I had a guy fixing my washing machine a few months back. Don't look like nothing to most preachers. I can tell you that. But I remember five years ago being in a meeting when I called him out and there were healing in his hands. And he, was, and he was talking about some things he was going through. I said, you remember the word of the Lord about the healing in your hands. You step up and be who God called you to be. Father, I bless his people today. Church, I could preach for hours. 
I bless you to walk in all that God has for you. I bless you to see your fellow members of this congregation the way God sees them. Father, I bless them. I bless them. I bless your household. I bless your marriage. And I bless your children. I bless you today and declare you blessed of God. I declare the favor of God upon your life. I declare your bodies be made whole by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Thought you had any more headaches? Your head's not hurt one time. No symptoms of your head hurt. Has your head been hurting every day? But it did not hurt yesterday. Me and him were sitting down Friday night and the power of God come in. And I told him right then instantly, I said, I'm telling you right now, your headaches is gone. I knew it by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Man, I'm telling you, there's an anointing in this room if you'll just raise your hands and receive it. Whatever you need, I'm telling you, it's in this room. I feel it. I'm telling you, it's like I'm waving my hand through water. I feel it so strong in the name of the Lord God. In the name of the Lord God. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Right now, there's books that's going to be recorded from this congregation and written, I'm telling you. The creative spirit of God, I'm telling you right now. There's one, you know, Catherine, she, she, sometimes we lay in the bed. I'm the one that's with the preaching gift. But let me tell you the gifts that I know that are upon her life. There's a gift of worship, and I'm telling you, there's always been the gift of childlike faith and the childlike purity. She is the purest woman I've ever had the chance to stand with. I'm just telling you, it's almost giddy like a child, the childlike faith she has. And the other thing is the creativity of heaven rests on her life. And I'm telling you, when she grabs the mic in this room and when she dances across this room, I'm telling you the anointing that's being on display in this room. All you have to do is receive it. Receive it. Receive you the Holy Spirit this morning. In the name of the Lord, receive the breakthrough that you want. Believe it when you leave this place. One other thing I'm fixing to pray right now. Father, I pray right now blessing of revelation and wisdom that have come upon this people right now. The revelatory gifts of the Word of God right now upon this place, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I bless this people today in Jesus' mighty name. Don't forget tonight. Don't forget tonight the women. Miss Kathy's house. Don't forget the life groups. Listen, you need to get connected. There they are back there. That's phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal content back there on that thing. So you want to get hooked up, which get get in one of those classes. Those classes are going all throughout the week. And so just get connected right there in that. Also, too, don't forget on Wednesday nights for your kids. My God, I mean, there's just, it's just moving like 
like it's just awesome on Wednesday night for the children, okay? God bless you all. We'll see you here next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.